They have no ownership in their college, meaning they're not paying for it. They're not having to be financially self-sufficient. It doesn't really mean a lot to them. It's more that the parents wanted them to go to college than the kid actually wanted to go to college. Welcome to the Quiet Wealth Podcast, where we talk about money mindset, how not to be broke, simple step-by-step strategies to conquer your finances, and the entrepreneurial spirit that will get you there. Your host, Camilla Jeffs, has been a student of money for over 20 years. She started out broke and has built real wealth for her family through steps you can copy. Camilla is on a mission to help thousands of people just like you build true financial stability. Welcome back to Quiet Wealth. I am so happy you're here. And if you're new, welcome. I'm excited that you're here to join us at Quiet Wealth, where we talk about three pillars to wealth building, investing, building a business, and the next gen. So the next generation and generational wealth, we're talking a lot about that this month. And today's episode is called What to Do If You Can't Pay for Your Kids College. Now, Unless you've been building up a college fund since your child was very young, you probably don't have the money to cover cost of tuition, room and board at some four-year university or college. Because the average cost of tuition, fees, room and board for the typical four-year college was $25,707 during the 2022-2023 school year. And that's the price for in-state students. The cost for out-of-state students averaged $43,400. Now let's put this in perspective. The average U.S. household income is 63214 So it's little wonder that American parents really struggle with footing the bill for child's college education. And some can't afford to pay a single dollar for college costs. So you may be thinking, you know, you may have teenage children right now and you're like, oh no, I didn't save anything for their college. Are my kids going to be totally messed up for the rest of their life? Well, no. They're not. And I'm going to tell you ways that you can help them now, but I'm also going to help you work through your mindset issues around thinking that you have to pay for their college. Now, when I went to college 20 some odd years ago, I paid about $1,000 per semester. So why does college cost so much right now? Have you ever heard about people talk about market bubbles? So a market bubble happens when people are willing to pay a lot more for something than it's actually worth or when they, you know, they validate this, this prices of it because there's, they have unrealistic views of the future. These types of bubbles happen repeatedly throughout financial history. When I was studying commercial real estate during my MBA, I went on, I was fortunate enough to go on a trip to Europe to go study the commercial real estate industry. And one of the stops that we had was in the Netherlands or Holland is another way to say that. And in Holland, in the 1600s, there was a tulip bubble. So I had the experience of going to see the flower exchange market and it was so cool and it smelled amazing in there. It was this gigantic warehouse with millions of flowers in it where they were just getting, they had just been picked and were ready to ship off and people were bidding on it and buying them and it was, it was fantastic. So The tulip bubble happened in Holland because speculation drove the value of tulip bulbs to the extremes. I mean, at the market's peak, the rarest tulip bulbs traded for as much as six times an average person's salary. 
Can you imagine for a tulip bulb? More recent bubbles have included the dot-com bubble of the late 1990s. We had the U.S. housing bubble of the early 2000s, the 07, 08 U.S. housing bubble, right? This happens when people believe they can't afford to miss out, even when the price is irrational and they technically can't afford it at all. So for years, the cost of college has grown at rates that are far outpacing the growth in wages. So you'd think that you know investing in your college education means you're going to be able to earn more in the future. That's absolutely true. But the proportion of how much you can earn versus how much you're paying for the college decreasing. So that makes the cost of a college degree so high that parents are just left wondering how they will ever pay for their child's college. But maybe you should ask a more important question. Is college even worth paying for? So a big thing about these bubbles is there's a disconnect between what you pay for the asset or the item or the thing and the value you get in return. So this is what's going on today in the secondary education market. The statistics we're most familiar with is that a college degree leads to higher earning power. And this is the one that every college touts. And it's absolutely true. It is a true statistic. Full-time workers that are over 25 with a bachelor's degree earned an average of $59,000. That's 67% more than those with only a high school education. So naturally in your brain, you'd be thinking, oh yeah, Yep, my kid needs to go to college so they can earn more. It also could mean greater job security because higher levels of education have unemployment rates that are significantly below the national average. So these are the metrics that everyone talks about. And it's also why so many people pursue a college degree. But what fewer people talk about is another metric because not everyone that goes to college graduates. Today feels like everyone goes to college, but the reality is only about a third of the population over 25 even has a bachelor's degree. And of those who go to a four-year college, less than 60% graduate within six years years. Like that's a long time. So before sending your child and thousands of dollars with them off to college, it's really important to weigh the statistics. Will they even graduate? Will they achieve their earning potential? Or are they going to be left with really bad student loans they can't afford, and then they're going to come back and live with you while they figure it all out? So as I was doing research for this topic, I was came across some scary headlines, some really crazy things that that Well, to me, they're crazy anyway, about how to, like if you just Google how to help your kids pay for college. One of the headlines said, if you don't have cash, you may have to tap into your retirement account or home equity line. Whoa, no, do not do that. Don't tap into your retirement account or home equity line. You need to make sure you're taken care of first before you can take care of anybody else. Another scary one that I saw was if parents are able and a student is motivated and in a demanding program, parents should pay the full expense. I am not a fan of telling people what they should or should not do. I want to lay out the information and let you make a choice, right? Another scary headline was get a private loan or tap into your investment accounts. Again, no, do not do this for your child's college education. It is not worth it. It is a bad financial move on your part for your own finances. You have to care for yourself first before you can care for your kid. Now, of course, a lot of people want to do everything they can to help. I, I get it. Parents really want to help their parent, their their children. 
because the thought of your children starting your their young adult lives out with so much debt is really scary because the average student loan debt for the class of 2021 was 30,600. That's just the average, right? That means more than half of kids have more than that. So the students graduate finding themselves buried in large, large amounts of debts. And did you know what? The average net worth of millennials is negative right now because of this very problem. And in my mind, it's an epidemic and it's something that we've got to stop. So as a parent, what can you do? I think as parents, when we first look at it, when we have our kids going off to college and we don't have the money saved to be able to pay for them, the only thing we've heard of is student loans. And we're like, well, yeah, yeah, that's a good investment to kids. You know, you should invest in yourself, get a student loan to get an education. That's a good way to use debt. And I'm here to tell you, no, it's not. There are ways to do that. So we want to help them, right? So they don't have to start out their adult life making monthly payments. We want them just to focus on their education so they can have a really good GPA. So, you know, they don't have to work full time. And, you know, if they're not working full time, we think maybe they're going to get through college faster, etc. But there's some pretty big disadvantages to parents paying for your children's education. And Every parent has to make their own decision when it comes to paying for college. So I kind of always felt that kids should bear the burden of paying for their own education, mostly because my husband and I did. It was our burden to pay for our financial education. My parents helped me for one semester and then I was on my own for everything else. So they only paid for tuition for one semester. I had to pay for my own housing. And then after that, I was on my own. And my husband and I were worked hard, worked really hard during that time period. We were both committed to finishing our education and doing so without debt. So we cash flowed our education. Now, the students can get loans. Please don't. Just stay away from them. Stay away from them. So uh, here's the issue, right, with kids going to college is that if they, if you're paying for everything, basically, if you're giving them everything, you run the risk of entitlement behavior, where kids don't really take it as seriously as you want them to. Also, they may change their major three, four, five different times. They could take a minimal amount of courses each semester and just have these issues. And when I talk to parents whose kids are struggling in college and not really making decisions or being wishy-washy, often it's because they don't have to own it. They have no ownership in their college, meaning they're not paying for it. They're not having to be financially self-sufficient. It doesn't really mean a lot to them. It's more that the parents wanted them to go to college than the kid actually wanted to go to college. So some reasons to not pay for college is that students will learn more responsibility and gain more life skills if you don't pay for their college. They'll remain more focused on their education because If they fail a class, they know it's going to cost them a whole bunch of money to retake it rather than party life. And then what's more important is that they learn the value of money and are therefore even more prepared when they hit the real world. So as parents, we all want our children to succeed and have the best chance of having a fulfilling life. I'm right there with you. All five of my kids, I look at them and I'm like, I want you guys to be the best and have success. And many of us think college is the safest choice and some of us think it's the best choice. So in some instances, it might be, but not in every instance. So I used to have the expectation that all my kids would go to college. And the thing that did to me was that it kind of fed into my belief that paying for it was my responsibility. Because if I was telling my kids that they're going, they don't have a choice, then 
I kind of felt like it was my responsibility to make it happen. But I've since had to challenge my own rigid thinking on this and really reconsider what was best for our kids. First and foremost, the decision has to be theirs, not ours. So if your kids was not a great student in high school, he's not really going to change his ways just because college is the next thing to do. He has to have an emotional investment in that decision. And that doesn't happen when he feels like there's no other choice. So I really want my kids to know that going to college is not a requirement for us. It's not. We're going to believe in their success, whether they are a college graduate or not. Is it our wish? I mean, maybe, right? College can be a great experience and it can open doors later in life, but the decision has to be theirs. And they need to be guided by their hearts first, not their heads. Because not every career path really depends on having that four-year degree. So don't let them limit themselves to only the choices that do. So for example, I have a daughter who wants to be a in real estate construction. And because she is good at that, there's no reason for us to go to college. She's going to go and she's going to get her, she's just going to start working right out of college and she's going to start her own business, flipping houses and learning as she goes. And I am thrilled for her. Simultaneously, I'm thrilled for her twin sister who has chosen to become a doctor and is going the college path. And we're working just as hard on helping both of those children to achieve their dreams as we do before. One of the sad things that my daughter said to me and the daughter who's not going to college, she said to me the other day, she says, mom, I'm learning that people don't like it when I tell them I'm not going to college. And it makes my heart hurt for her that people are cannot see beyond college as her being a successful. They're judging her success based off one decision to go to college or not go to college. And there are so many examples of people out there who've been incredibly successful without a college degree. So the other thing I want my kids to realize is that college is not a place to figure things out or find themselves, right? If they have to shoulder their own expenses, then chances are they're going to take time necessary to have the experiences before they enroll for classes that cost like $1,000 a class. And if they follow your advice, they can do this without going into debt. They can find themselves while living at home, working a full-time job and saving up for tuition, right? Now, I know sometimes that you you may feel guilty. Like maybe you had good intentions about saving up enough money for your kids to be able to do that. But life threw some curveballs and college fund had to be used for something else. I get it. It happened to us too. Life threw us a curveball at, at about, I don't know, we were about 12 years into our marriage and my husband lost his job and we were struggling to make ends meet and we were trying to do stuff and he was out of work for a good six months. And we got down to the last $500 in our bank account and that was all we had. And we had to dip into some of the money that we were saving for our kids' college to keep ourselves afloat. No shame in that. No shame in that. You That happens, right? You lose your job, you get injured, you can't work, you went through a divorce, now you need every penny to stay afloat. So there's all, you know, maybe there's a mountain of pile of medical bills you never thought you'd have. The most predictable thing in life is that it's unpredictable. So it's a really great life lesson for our kids to learn because life is not linear and it rarely goes as planned. So that's why it's important to control what you can, which is your thoughts and actions, but always remain flexible for monkey wrenches that sometimes God likes to throw in the mix for us. So don't feel guilty about this. And if you're even thinking about taking out loans to cover 
your kids' college costs, listen, please listen. It's not the end of the world. And it's not the end of a bright future for your kids. They can still go to college, get a degree, have a successful, fulfilling life. They're just going to have to work harder to get there. And that is okay. They'll be better people for it. I know, I know. It's your nature to put their welfare before yours. But circle life doesn't really stop for anybody. There's going to come a time when you are too old to work to bring in extra income for all of your healthcare needs. And if you don't save your money now, then your kids are gonna have to keep take care of you while they're raising kids of their own. Like, can you imagine that extra financial burden? Okay, so let's talk about things you can do. We've gotten through the mindset portion of this. Let's talk about things you can do to help your kids without giving them money, right? Paying for college. So number one, of course, search for scholarships. I'm sure you've looked into this, but scholarships and grants, they can cover some of the high costs of any college degree program. However, they can be very competitive and it takes a lot of time to figure them out. We purchased a book for our children that was a scholarship book. And okay, I know you can get it on the web, but there's something about having the actual book in your hands and flipping through it and highlighting and saying, okay, I'm going to apply for this one, this one, this one, that I feel like it's faster than trying to sift through Google. And so I love this book and it works really well and it's updated every year and it's something you can buy on Amazon to get your get scholarships. There's thousands of scholarships listed in there and it categorizes them. Like if you have a really tall child, there's a scholarship for a tall child. So there's so many different things. Now, the first thing to, to do is to check with your child's school of choice to find if they're eligible to apply for any privately funded scholarships from the school. And sometimes these are not even available till after the kid gets into the school and starts going there and pays for the first semester. That's what happened to our oldest daughter. So she started at a school. She had to pay for the first semester. She got really good grades. And then the next semester, she applied for a merit scholarship and received a full tuition scholarship for most of the rest of her college. College career. So do some online research. There's our free scholarship search websites like fastweb.com to see if you can find some scholarships and grants for your child. It's going to be like a part-time job. You know, when, you're, when your child hits high school age around sophomore, junior, senior year, you're going to want to sit down with them on a regular basis and just apply for scholarships. And don't dismiss the small scholarships. Like, the ones that are $500, because if it takes you an hour of your time to write an essay for that, and then you got a $500 scholarship, that's $500 an hour that you just earned. Like that's way more than any kid working at Sonic is going to earn. Okay, the second thing that you can do is to consider tuition-free colleges. So there are these tuition-free colleges. It's kind of a new trend. It's very exciting in the world of higher education, and it's really helping a lot of families. So these colleges have taken a pledge to cover the full cost of a student's tuition. They pick up the tab completely, right? And they don't require the student or their family to take out college loans. So most of these are special types of college, right? So they're engineering schools, liberal arts institutions, military academies, 
but it's constantly growing. So do your research and see if you can find something like that that was in, in your area that might work for your child. Okay, another one that you can do is review tuition costs at technical colleges or junior colleges. This is one of the biggest things. And in the book that I recommended recently, Debt-Free Degree by Anthony O'Neill, he talks about making a smarter choice about where you go to college so that you don't have to pay as much. It's the same degree. Now, there may be special programs in different schools that help you get into a higher paying job or whatever, but really the difference is kind of minimal, in, in, you know, depending on where you are. So consider the tuition costs of a technical college or a junior college that's in your area. Lots of vocational schools, they offer like university prep programs where the student can then, you know, transfer into a four-year college after they finish like the general eds. So that's another great way to start because the first two years are pretty much general eds anyway, unless your child did some of those in high school, like my kid did. My kids have done several of them in high school. And so my oldest, she started college as a sophomore rather than a freshman. That happens all the time. But also, you know, you could do it at the junior school and then transfer to the, get the generals out of the way and then go into the actual major. So you just have to find what's going to work for you. And some students might realize that they just need an associate's degree to enter the field that they're interested in. So a two-year degree is much more affordable than a four-year degree, and it gives your child a chance to further their education, experience college life, all of those things. Now, even if the goal is ultimately to graduate from a four-year institution, going to school the first two years at that less expensive junior college can save you and your child from tens of thousands of dollars in student loans or college-related debt, like just... Yeah, don't do that. And lastly, talk about other options with your child, okay? They might have their heart set on a particular school or they might not. Maybe they're like my children and they're just kind of like, I don't even know where to go. Our family has moved to four different states in four years. So we landed in Texas, we're in Texas now, but my kids don't know anything about the Texas universities. They haven't grown up with, you know, like going to cheer for their favorite college sports team or anything like that. So if you have a family like mine that are just kind of like, well, I don't even know where to go. It kind of, it will, it opens up your options. So talk to your child, have a really serious talk with them about the cost of college. Now, there's huge advantages to both helping pay for a student's education and letting the kids fend for themselves, but perhaps you don't need to be in the extremes in either of these. So maybe the better solution is to meet somewhere in the middle. So I'm a huge advocate of financial balance with pretty much every financial decision that I make. So this decision, it doesn't have to be either or, it could be and, meaning, you help pay for some college, maybe it's a set amount each year, and the student pays the rest. Because there's, again, there's no one size fits all. What works for your family may not work for my family. But by teaching children money management at a young age, parents can prepare their children to make very smart decisions. But if you don't have the capabilities to help your children financially, do not do it. Just have open and honest discussions with your student early on so that they are clear expectations come senior year of high school so that they know what to do. So that's what you can do. If you don't have money set aside for your kid to go to college, don't fret. They're going to be okay. Might even be more okay than if you did pay for all of their college. That's what I have for you for now. Please share this episode with another. After all, we need to share the wealth and share the education. Thanks for joining. Bye for now. 
Thanks so much for joining us on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other juicy episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, wishing you much success.